Hello, my lovelies. Welcome back to another episode of Did You Read the Book, a comparative podcast where movie buffs and bookworms come together to talk about stories and their adaptations that we love, hate, or love to hate. I am your host, Aaron Palmer, and today I am joined by the lovely Spencer. Hello, Spencer. Welcome. Hello. Uh, it says quick hello on here. I just want to make sure that I did that fast enough. Do you need to time I... me on that? Or... Okay, let's try again because right. it was not quite short okay. enough, I don't think okay. so. Hello, Spencer. Welcome. Hello. Okay, perfect. Uh, for, for our listeners, I do have a script that says, in parentheses, quick hello. So, Spencer, you were the first to actually achieve the quick hello. I, d- a plus. I mean, I hope that I can put forward a uh, challenge to all guests coming on to try and make a quicker hello than that. Oh, my God. Um, I know. I You know, I even have a timer, and I wasn't checking how long that was, so I'll have to, like, in post, I'll have to we'll be have like, to, okay. We'll have to look at the uh, the stats at the end of it. Just Spencer will be the, the .2 second hello champ. Oh, man. I got a, .2? I'm a little slow then. Man. I, know. <laughs> I love that. it. That's great. Well, thank you, Spencer, for being here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Very, very excited to talk about this. This has been on my list for a while, and I am ready for it. (sighs) So without further ado, could you please introduce what is our source material today? Yeah, so the novel is Caging Skies by Christine Lunens. Mm-hmm. It was written in 2004, and she is a, I guess she's just like an American-born like novelist who went to Harvard and moved to Europe and now lives in New Zealand, so I can see why Taika probably like jumped in on that and was just yeah. like, oh, we got someone who's like, you know, represent, sort of representing our, you know, country. And, you know. Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for the intro. And then yeah. on the flip side, this is actually the first time that we've had a adaptation that was not the same name. Ooh. So, I know. This is yeah. the first time, which I was like waiting for it because I was like, wow, they always have like either the exact same name or like pretty much exactly the same with like some right. stuff taken out. But yeah, so our, our adaptation is called Jojo Rabbit, which was directed by Taika Waititi in 2019. And it was starring Roman Griffin Davis, Thomas and McKenzie, Scarlett Johansson, Taika Waititi himself, Sam Rockwell, Rebel Wilson, Alfie Allen, Stephen Merchant, and many, many, many others. It is Beautiful a cast. stellar cast. Oh my god. It's so good. This movie. I know. Oh, Taika. <laughs> Taika heartthrob. I, I always say this, but heartthrob to Taika Waititi. He is gold. He's a beautiful man. He is a beautiful, a beautiful man. man, a really good director, really like, freaking funny. It's just a, an insane mind, and I love it I, so much. I know, I know. I could, <laughs> We could just have, like, let's just talk about Taika the entire yeah, episode. Just, that would be completely fine. Offshoot podcast, Taika podcast? Yeah, we or you know what? Scrap everything. Yeah, scrap everything we're going to talk about today. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. all Taika all the time. Right, throwing so. my notes out right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love it. All right. Well, before we get started... As usual, spoiler alert, lots of spoilers. We're going to be talking about both of these in a lot of depth. So if you have not read the book or seen the movie, pause, go do those things, and then come back and enjoy the ride with us. All right, I'm going to pause and read the book really quick. Okay, yeah, Spencer is not prepared. God, Spencer. I was so excited for your quick You gave me so much time, too. Like like months, and I still haven't read the book. I don't know what to tell you. I'm sorry. You know... Maybe I wasn't clear. It does help if you read the book. Oh, fun fact. I thought it was just like optional, but okay. <laughs> well, no. I'm glad you have the book in front of you. Yeah, now I do. you have to read Steve it in real, real time. I'll be fine. How are you going to be? 
How depressing it. can it be? You know? Oh, God. We'll get into that. All right. <laughs> spoiler. Before we get... Yeah, there's our first spoiler. Uh, it is sad. It, it's sad. It, it'd be sad. So before we get started, Spencer, are you pro-source or pro-adaptation? Um, well, I... I'm always going to be pro movie slash adaptation. I think um, I did. I did enjoy the book, but it's the the main character is kind of hard to relate with. Um, Ooh, yeah. So I mean, you get where he is coming from in some instances. I'm not going to go into too much of it now, but yeah, yeah. But I think overall, the movie kind of strives to have like a character like go through like a pretty. Uh, epic change in just ideology and and like just how he sees the world mm-hmm. and in like a shorter amount of time because it's a movie obviously you don't have like 200 pages to get away with it but right. i think just like the amount of character change that happens in the movie is like and like how drastic it is is much more like it, it's just a lot more fun to kind of observe and kind of take the trip with him as opposed to the book which kind of it's a longer kind of like change that he goes through and it's kind of like not really you know it's 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 hard to it's painful it's, yeah it, it's hard to relate <laughs> with him um yeah. you re- i mean and he's the main character so like it, you know it's yeah. kind of rough but i yeah. mean it was it was well written which is it is and, and it's a yeah. great like kind of like snapshot of the time um yes. and just like everything that's happening around like world war Two and like before and after and like reconstruction of germany and stuff like that so um it it, like from a historical standpoint it's pretty compelling but like at the same time you're just like you're not rooting for this guy no yeah absolutely it is a rough read i tell you i was having a very hard time staying motivated to read just because it was so like (laughs) heart crushing (laughs) yeah i know it absolutely is yeah it was it was a rough one yeah all right. Well, let's Strain, get. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was great. I loved it. <laughs> it was fun. Sure. I'm not crying. You're crying. You're crying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, let's get into it. Uh, sure. So let's have you give us a synopsis of the book, if you please. Yeah. Uh, I'm just gonna go right off the back of this guy. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Caging skies is told through the eyes of Johannes Betzler, an avid member of the Hitler Youth. Filled with admiration for the Fuhrer and Nazi ideals, he is shocked to discover his parents are hiding a Jewish girl named Elsa behind a false wall in their home in Vienna. His initial horror and revulsion turn to interest and then obsession. After his parents disappear, Johannes is the only one aware of Elsa's existence in the house, and he alone is responsible for her fate. Drawing strength from his daydreams about Hitler, Johannes plans for the end of the war and what it might mean for him and Elsa. Yeah. 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 Woof. Woof. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's, yeah. I can't believe they actually say all of that on the back of the book. Like, it actually gives quite a bit away for what happens in the story. I'm kind of surprised. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, (laughs) how you get there, you know, it's a little, they kind of, they don't really go into detail. But, like, it definitely has, like, the broad strokes of it. So, yeah. 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 Yeah, interesting. Okay. Well, Mm -hmm. You already kind of gave us a nice little teaser at the beginning as to your emotions around the book. So, hmm. uh, I'm I, I think you and I both saw the movie first, right, and then yeah. went back and read the book. Yeah. So knowing what the movie was like, and then looking at the book, what what were your thoughts? Like your initial thoughts on that? Um. Well, I guess I was surprised, like uh, how f- much further the book goes than the movie. Um, yeah. Timeline. Kinda, like, yeah. 
I know we can save this like more in depth for the end, but like Jojo ends like right around um, uh, sort of like the middle of the book. Yeah, Almost. it's like six months because at the beginning of the movie he's he's ten. Yeah, and then in the by the end he's ten and a half. So it's like roughly right six months, right? Yeah, this in the whole movie book yeah. goes over like the entirety of the war, like before yeah, like a little it's bit years. And then, yeah, because it yeah. starts with him seeing the protests and like the parades and stuff for Hitler. Like he and his father are going to like a parade and like he's trying to like climb up onto the statue to see like what everything like everything's happening and it's like the introduction of like the Nazi party being like mm-hmm. pronounced in Germany. And then it goes yeah. all the way through, through the end of the war to when Vienna is like being occupied by like the Russians and Americans and like the Soviets. Yeah. And uh, yeah. the Soviets and the Russians and like the British and the French. Um, yeah. And just like how, how much everything just changes for him over like these like few years that he, you know, he, and he's, he's growing through it too. I mean, maybe not like emotionally as much as we want to, but he's like mm-hmm. you know, he's an adult by the end of the the book, essentially like eighteen or something like that, or 19. yeah, or almost twenty, I think. Um, yeah. But yeah, he's eighteen to twenty by the end of the book, and I think when it starts, it's roughly like eleven or twelve, maybe. Yeah, I think or, when he moves well, when he 15, moves maybe. out, he's like seventeen or something, or like okay, whenever so when he's alone, he's like seventeen or eighteen. But it starts when he's like. I mean, it's it's the span of like six or seven years. I want to say. Yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of amazing how how much ground gets covered in yeah. that book, and damn, is it a crazy ride? Like seriously, <laughs> yeah. Just a- just all the emotional turmoil that like they like yeah. everyone's going through, and like it's understandable with like how like how war affects you know everyone's mm-hmm. mental fortitude and everything and just like how you have to reevaluate your like worldview and just like you know you have yeah. to find some like solid ground to stand on after everything's been like moved from underneath you essentially so yeah yeah um, it's uh this you know being like a historical fiction it, it is kind of eye-opening to see history being kind of revisioned in a, in a sense of not like they're rewriting history but just showing a snapshot right. of somebody's life during this time and and through like a very specific lens too because yeah, he's, through a child he's, well it's yeah. through a child who was indoctrinated by the nazi party joined the young folk which is like the the hitler youth right mm-hmm. and is like has like given everything to like this ideal that he is better than everyone else and he's Aryan, he's Nazi, you know, it's just yeah. the sign of the times at that point, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, and then he's confronted by humanity in, like, such a, like, in-his-face way. Like, he can't get away, he can't escape the change that he has to go through. But, like, right. the way that he deals with it is just kind of... Awful. Kind of, <laughs> kind of he's kind of a... Oh my god, he is such a horrible person. And that's the thing. I don't think I've ever felt so much like, I would even go as far as to say, in some cases, disgust. Oh, I had to, there were were points where I had to like set down the book. I I know. Like like, physically upset, just like. Yeah, and he's the the protagonist of this book. And I was (laughs) like, damn, son, like this is awful. Like you're a horrible human being. I mean, we can go into like specific examples but like yeah yeah um, let's because so yeah so his his character is uh is it johannes or johan yeah johannes johannes yeah so yeah tell us tell us about (laughs) 
this kid. <laughs> so, well, I mean, there are moments, especially when it's him and like, well, okay, I guess one of the first one that like sticks out to me is like, um, and they kind they do this in the movie a little bit, um, but it's when he um, confronts his mother about Elsa. Mm-hmm. In the book, he's just like so like in her face, and like she's like pleading with him that he doesn't know what he's talking about, and like he's he's so he's like such an aggressor in like these situations. He's so aggressive, and, so aggressive. Yeah, I mean it's because he's like he has this mentality that like. Uh, he's already part like he's serving his duty as like part of like the Nazi that That was the whole point of the Hitler youth I mean the you see the the whole like this is the face of indoctrination yeah is this child you start young and you have to start young too because like you're trying to build that like that like solid ground exactly that generational thing right you're trying to start them young so that they can pass this on later to them and it's it's really scary i think that was what was the scariest thing about this book for me is that you know you see him being introduced to the hitler like hitler youth group and Mm -hmm. you see where that kind of indoctrination took him through his life yeah and he doesn't even like jump into it right away too like you can see that there's like some hesitation because like yeah in the beginning he has conflict yeah like the book burning uh, scene where they're all like throwing the books into this bonfire and he's like yeah he's he finds it eerily like disturbing how like the books are like they don't just burn they pop apart and they bust the seams like they're like in Mm -hmm. pain you know, sending little little bits of like glue shrap, like burning glue shrapnel and stuff like that everywhere. It's like yeah. the f- like the books themselves don't want to die, and it's yeah. like it's him kind of like giving that personification. It's like it, like kind of like reflecting for a second. It's like, am I is this the is right this thing? Right. Like, yeah. are my ideals in place? I mean, and then like of course he goes he goes back and forth so much on like flip flopping yes. between like being like he's very kind of bipolar sometimes and like the way he acts towards like Elsa and his family and that like he'll yes. Um, especially like later on when they're living together, he'll he'll bring stuff home for her, like treats and stuff like that. But then on the like opposite side, he'll like he, you know, she starts painting and then he gets like upset with her, like for painting something and then like breaks all of her like materials and stuff. And he's like, why do I even do this for you? I'm the one who's keeping yes. you safe. And like and like he I don't know. The dynamic is nuts. He just I has mean, like such a fragile ego that it just oh like Oh god, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anything makes him snap. <laughs> yeah, very machismo effect and especially when it comes to him and Elsa cuz Elsa, you know, she is also a, a child. She's a little bit older than mm-hmm. him, but not much older. And she is trying to, you know, grapple with the the fact that her people are being slaughtered. Yep. She's assuming her family is probably dead, but she doesn't know. The, she watched amb- her parents get taken away from her. Yeah, the ambiguity. And then she had her her fiancé who, you know, also got taken, and she has no idea where they are. Right. Probably dead. She's hiding in a wall. And the conditions, like, they go into so much detail of the conditions of what it is like for her mm-hmm. to be living in the wall. Well, she goes from, like, a wall, and then she's, like, to hidden like a in, crawl like, the, space. the crawl space underneath the floor. Yeah. And, like... Yeah, it's awful. And it's like, it's about as great as you would think it would be to live in a hole in the ground. Like, she gets stuffed it, into a trunk at one point. Yeah. Yeah, when they when have to like move. Her. Yep, they stick her in a big trunk and move her because it's still, you know, the tail end of the war, so she can't be seen. It And yeah, so her, her kind of personality, 
she's trying to have some sort of control over her life because she doesn't have any at this point. And he is trying to control her life. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. She's lived in like this, just like in a cage. And like, I mean, yeah. obviously there's the, the metaphors there like are plenty for like yeah. him bringing like a bird home and then she like wants to set it free. Yes. Yeah, she's like, he shouldn't be in a cage. And he's like, I get these gifts for you. And this is how you treat me. <laughs> and then and when he do- when she does actually set it free, like when it flies away, he storms out early on the, in the book. There's like a like during the bombings and stuff like that when he's younger. Right. There's mm-hmm. like this one of their one of their neighbor's houses gets hit. Yeah. Right. This lady with all these like birds and stuff like that. And yeah. I think it's established that it's like still there. And like he runs over to like the garden or something like that in her house and finds like a bird skeleton and like brings it back just to like traumatize Elsa and is like this yeah. is this is the bird that you that you just let go. You see like what happens when it goes out there, it dies. Like you can't <laughs> don't yeah. don't be that bird sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, like, that like power dynamic. The, is... Like the little things that he would not little, but like the things that he would do to like just kind of traumatize her to keep her like in his like possession, you yeah. know, quote unquote. Very so. possessive. Very possessive. And really like oh, it's just like such toxic masculinity. And also it it just made me think of like this is what happens when you never say no to people or if you give them the idea that no matter what they do they are always in the right and again we go back to indoctrination well and it's the it's the crux of (laughs) like like that nazi party is that like you're you're we are the ubermensch we are the people who are meant to rule we are the people who are Mm -hmm. have that innate superiority complex that we need to keep fostering and even though like and i think he he has like moments where he understands that like i think the like the nazis were bad guys but like that it that superiority complex it it continues on with him there. and it's like yeah. kind of at his core like through the entire oh absolutely book. that is his entire persona is yeah. wrapped around the fact that he believes truly believes that he is better than most people especially elsa because she's a dirty yeah. jew and he's right? the only one who can keep her like he falls in love with her but he's the only one who can keep her safe ultimately right too and that's yeah. yeah, that's what drives Johannes through like the entire book, and it's pretty pretty gross so, at points. It's pretty it dang is. gross. And there's like a there's I mean, it gets rough. Like there's a lot of points where, you know, he gets older, he starts really getting romantically involved with her mm-hmm. in his mind, not in her mind, right. just because he's a captor right. to her. He's somewhat humane, but he is a captor to her. Yeah. And it, it there is a scene where they start to have more of like she kind of caves into the fact that like this is her life, so she's gonna make the most of it, and they start to be like quote, yeah, they kind like, of live kind as of that, romantic. Like, yeah, there's a very like rapey esque scene in that point where it's like he's justifying, I saved you, I right. feed you, I give you clothes, I keep you safe, so I deserve so I de- yeah, this. This is mine to take back. Now. Yeah, like this. This is the least you can give me. You are is, my reward for yep, taking for care being of such you. a good guy. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's woof. Up. Yeah, it's awful. It, rough. It's, it's, it is. It Jojo, is pretty Johannes horrible. Is, well, and I will make the delineation here. They do keep. They do call. I mean, Jojo is a cuter name, so like I'm glad that they kind of stuck with that for like the little kid, and they didn't like that didn't like show itself really in in the book at all or anything like that yeah. so if i was calling this guy jojo it would just be like i don't it's ruined it a, totally is, my mind is scrambled now i can't <laughs> cannot call this guy jojo. 
Ugh. Yeah. Johannes is more of a Johannes. Johannes. Yeah. Yes. Very. Oh God. Mm. He's just such a broken, a broken yeah. person. And and honestly, it's. I do have some sympathy because you look at like the world he was in. Yeah. The indoctrination was like most of the youth were doing that by choice or not. I mean, mm-hmm. it was like that's what you did regardless if you wanted to. And so like this is what he was indoctrined into. And then on top of that, it's a it's you're in the middle of a war. His father, you know, goes missing and then his mother dies. He's also then, he's also horribly injured too. He's maimed by yes, like this. Yes, he gets very disfigured. Like, he early loses on. a he loses an arm or a hand. He loses, they, they say in the book, it's like the first third of his arm, his yeah. left arm and his hand, I think. And so, he's very disfigured. And you know, like he has a big part of big his face missing, his face. I think. Yeah. yeah, he's extremely disfigured, which in the Nazi party, they don't deal with handicapped people exactly. at all. So, like you are a burden to society and deserve to die. Right. Like, so, I mean, they don't care about you. <laughs> and that probably, I mean, that honestly probably played a part in like his whole, his complex growing and stuff. Now that like he's kind of like an invalid and like thrown yeah. away by his party, like he still has to kind of cling to these like, you know, things that they bolstered in him, regardless of, you know, his his own personal status. So, like, he's he's punching down even lower now that he, like, you know, because yeah. he can't punch up. Or at least he thinks he can't. That's, that's the thing. He's just indoctrinated not to. So Yeah, and I think that part of why his character was so hard to, like, deal with, in my mind, was the amount of self-loathing that he has, and then he flips yeah. that self-loathing to be, you know, oh, I am superior and here is why. Right. So he, he like he he was trying to overcompensate for the fact that he had so much self-loathing that he would just, you know, take it out on Elsa, take it out on other people who were not. If you people know, are gonna be bad to me, airing. then I'll be worse to other people. Yeah, so. yeah. The justification for that, it was rough. It's awful. It was re- <laughs> <laughs> but then you look at the background. I mean, like, he gets disfigured. He, he loses all of his family. He does. Like, literally everyone in his family dies. Yeah, he has to take care of his grandmother. And he, like, didn't know how to cook, didn't know how to yeah. do laundry because his parents had done that for him his whole life. And he, like, it was a mess. Yeah, and it's all during like a an, war. There's, and... like, an entire chapter of him just screwing up, like, yeah. going out to, like, buy food and, like, getting scammed and, like, him yep. like, going to, like, cook stuff and just like screwing up totally destroying it yeah yeah Yeah, it is really really rough and so there's like fragments of like oh my god i can't even imagine having to live like that but you can then you see his character like it's those moments could have been less of a dick it's those (laughs) moments where like he's honestly trying to like keep things together where you kind of feel like some pity for him and like some empathy where like he doesn't have to do these things but he's also like it's his family that he's trying to like take care of and like right. just continue on like through these like awful times and stuff. So yeah. it's like it's not like he's just giving up too, which I mean would have made me hate his character even more. I was to say there are times that he did kind of give up, like. Yeah. But I mean, he did, yeah, you're right. He didn't just roll over and be like, "I'm just gonna go die in a corner." It would right? just be like he would just keep getting kind of crapped on constantly. It's like he he has to sell everything at his house to make ends meet. He has to yeah. like try and find a job and then. Like, right, and he's in an invalid. Tur- yeah, he's getting turned away by. There's like a moment where he's selling like stuff at an auction or like at a flea market or something like that. Yeah, and at a market. Yeah, he's trying to sell his sister's violin and he can't get anyone to buy it. And then like some Americans come by and like start like fiddling on it. And then people start like throwing money 
into his violin case. And so, like, he has this moment of, like, oh, these people just see me as, like, an invalid, like, beggar. A beggar, trying, yeah. And then, like, it's just... He keeps beating himself up, which makes him, like, do this uh, feedback loop of, like, beating down on Elsa and, like, whoever yep. else comes across his path. You know, it's just... Yep. <sighs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we could we could talk about Johannes for the entire episode. There's a lot <laughs> a lot of stuff I mean, the to books, unpack on that. It's, it's from his perspective. There's a, the whole book's about him. So. <laughs> it, it is, yeah, <sighs> and it is a really tragic story. I mean, it's beautifully written. Yeah, um, amazing imagery. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I say amazing. I mean, you know, <laughs> kind of horrific to to visualize what it was like to live in this era. Um, and especially since it's, you know, it's Vienna, so it's not, you know, Berlin, Right. you know, it's, it's a very different vibe of, you know, people are kind of half in, half it's like out. It's that old aristocracy sort of, like, feel to it, because they talk about, like, I mean, there's palaces and stuff in Vienna yeah. and, like, Austria, and, like, it's a lot of, like, old, like, European money and stuff like that, so, yeah. like... It is kind of a crazy, a crazy snapshot of you know, what was going on in that time. And especially, yeah. again, we keep coming back to, like, the perspective of what it's like to be indoctored into a lifestyle like this and then to basically be shoved out against your will due to something completely out of your control and then trying to grapple with the fact that this is all you know, but yeah. you're not accepted by the people that made you this way. You're already in, like, a volatile, <laughs> like, atmosphere. And, like, things yeah. just, like, when when there's that many, like, particulates and, like, moving parts and stuff like that Mm -hmm. anything can like really happen so like yeah what did you think of kind of the dynamic of his family before they all they all die (laughs) like what what was your thoughts on that you know it seemed like like any sort of like depiction of like a wartime family like to me i mean the the father like working hard to like make ends meet and stuff like that and like the mother just i i love his mom so much like just being yeah. so like such the kind person that she is um yeah, you see more of her character. like she i feel like she has the movie does a really good job of fleshing her out a bit too but mm-hmm. i think you get a good like idea of just like how good a people like his family is and like how kind of he's straight off the path with like the yeah. war and everything yeah the whole idea that his mother is kind of like working i guess in his father too are kind of like working for these like freedom fighter sort of like yeah they're shuttling jews from home to home to help save them i think for me the most powerful kind of imagery from the family dynamic when they were all still alive Mm. was how much they actually showed fear of johannes because of the fact that he was in the hitler youth and Part of the purpose was to indoctrinate them and get them young. But the other part was to literally have spies within the household, within right. schools, within churches. And so if Years they everywhere. see anything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so the children are thinking, oh, I'm doing this for Germany. I'm doing this for the Reich. And they kind of have some points, like especially in the beginning, like when uh, Johannes and his friend, I think it's like there's like a birthday party that he's having and like all of his friends are coming over. And like, I mm-hmm. think one of the kids is like questioning his dad about like his like motives in the war yeah. or something like that. Like literally, point. I'm just like, yeah, wow, literally okay. interrogating. Yeah. Oh, and they actually specifically say that like he, like the kids, they make them wear these uniforms because they have that like extra air of authority about them too. Yep. So like, yep. you, have to, the you have to keep them, you know in your eyeline at all points because if you don't like who knows what they're going to be like watching you do or something like that you have to be aware you know 
Yeah, and it's wild because you're thinking of, you know, they're literally using 10 to 18-year-olds to be spies in their own house. Mm -hmm. And it's it's wild. It's wild. And so that kind of dynamic of, you know, there was a lot of love from his parents and a lot of discipline that, like, good discipline, I think. I think that they were really, truly good people. But then you see the flip side of, like, what he he interprets his, like, life goals to be in comparison to what his parents were doing. And it's like, I would be terrified of my child knowing that that is really the main outcome is they're just a spy for the Reich. I also love just like how straight good his grandmother is throughout the entire thing. I know. His grandma is precious. Yeah, Pima. I know. Pima. Yeah, Pima is so nice. She's just so sweet. And she always is like, she's always like looking at like the best in Jojo too, like Johannes. Um, She always like... Mm -hmm. She's giving him, like, great advice about, like, you know. Yeah, like, like really good life advice. And he loves her and he yeah. respects her But he also brushes her off a lot, too, like, in times when, And that's like, the justification, yeah. right? He's like, oh, you're old and I know better because I'm in the right. And that's just his personality. But he still truly loves that's her and true. respects her. And it's really sad when she passes because that is a tragic moment. You could also tell because, like, whenever there's, like, a scare where he thinks that she is, like, passed she's away, passed, too. Yeah. He's, like, immediately, he's, like, rushing to see if she's okay. Like, there's yeah. obviously, you know, the love for her there. And, like, that's mm-hmm. a mutual love. But, like, just from, like, yeah. two, like, kind of polar opposite people at the same time, which is I kind know. Of, kind and of that's, like, the fragments that you see. Yeah. Of that, he is a good. There is a good person in there. There is like shreds it's of humanity buried. In there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and especially. I mean, we were talking about this earlier that he has more humanity in the beginning because he's still young and figuring himself out, and right. then has as he gets older through the book, he really does kind of lose that humanity For in sure. a lot of ways. Yeah, which is you know I can kind of see where where you would go from there because there is so many things that well, happen to him that would kind of kill the spirit right well he's yeah he's been promised all this stuff with like the war yeah. and now he's left to kind of fill in the gaps of like yeah. what was like and left he out. loses everything yeah. and all he has left is a, a house with barely anything in it and a woman who kind of hates him yeah and like elsa really does at the very end of like towards the tail end of the book is extreme i mean both of them are extremely sort resentful of, sort of like a stockholm syndrome thing at first absolutely and then like her falling in love with her captor sort of thing and then yep it turns into like a romantic thing for a second when they like are like kind of adults when they move out and then it just like falls apart so quickly and... so fast yeah let's talk about that yeah. so that the, the that's a big pivotal point i think for the story is when johannes has to sell the house and gets in a flat mm-hmm. but he has to move elsa so he literally sticks her in this gigantic chest yeah. And has to have movers move her to the new flat because, oh, oh, I, I'm like burying the lead. That totally made me forget. During this time, the war has ended. Right. Yeah. And they lost. He, and he lying. lied. He lied to Elsa telling her that, oh, yeah, we we, we won. So you, you can't some, be out. I have like, some quotes here if you want me to. Yeah. Like, read them. Oh, my God. Yeah. This is a huge. Yeah, this is so the moment is, where I was like, what are you doing? So I, have, I know. I have a bunch of quotes from that chapter where like they're moving and stuff and he's like having to like one of them is like oh it's it's when they're talking about like he's trying to admit to her that like he has like kept her safe by lying Mm -hmm. to her but she won't let him like finish and stuff like that 
Mm-hmm. And she's like li- physically saying because I think she knows and she just doesn't want she just does not want to hear it because if she right. hears it, then everything that has happened so far is just like, what does she do now sort of thing. Right. Right. Uh, one of them is like, my lies next to hers were proof of love. Like, that's another that's like, I know. Uh, truth is a dangerous notion no one needs in order to live. Um, as a protector, I excited her. As an ordinary companion, I'd bore her to tears. From heroic and powerful, I'd shrink to a mere man who needed her. She needed to need me to want me. And then lies are like easy friends there to help you out of troubled waters short term, but long term, they're traitors only there to make a wreckage out of your life. (laughs) Stuff like that. I know. (laughs) Damn. Yeah. Yeah. So the self-awareness was there of like, he knew what he was doing right. was wrong, but he still was able to justify like, he's, I'm yeah. doing this because I love her. He's, he's <laughs> totally made these justifications in his head that like, he's yeah. in the right. And it's like, there's, it's too late to do anything now. Yeah. We've, he's we're, in too We're too far committed now. Mm-hmm. The war's been over for like six months at this point. And I've still kept this girl hiding in our guest room. And lied to and her. Lying to yeah, her. I know. So then he like still lies, says, oh, you know, you can't come out. Sticks her in a box, moves her to a new flat, and then yeah, puts her in a moving trunk. By the way, which a, he locks. Yeah, and then yeah, he locks it, and, and then, then they dumps lose her in the, the key. Yeah, right? he loses the key for like five minutes at the like when they drop off the box, and he's like, I know, and I think they drop the box at one point. Yeah, they do. Like the movers yeah. drop it, and it's like sweet Jesus. All the and while so, like, she's pretending to be thing. a cat inside of it. Yeah. Oh, it's a cat. Yeah. And <laughs> She's just then, meowing and yeah. scratching on the inside of the box. Oh my god. Yeah. So then that happens. They move it, her in. She gets out of the box. Yeah. But then, you know, at first he tries to pretend, oh yeah, it's just me living in the flat. But then the neighbors are all like older. Right. They're not going to work. They're nosy. They realize there's somebody else in there with him. So then he lies that it's his wife. Well, he says it's a cat girl- first. Yeah, he says, he says it's, it's a, cat a cat first. He buys a cat and brings it home. We got Carl the cat, big old, uh, big old cat. orange tabby. Oh, Carl the cat! I uh, know, big old fat boy, <laughs> old I chunky know. boy. And yeah, and then she has a companion. So he buys it to like convince the neighbors slash give her a companion. Yeah. And then she loves the cat more than she loves him, and yeah. he, gets he gets jealous, jealous of this and cat. like, and then X's the cat. I have, I have in my it's notes. Awful. I have in my it's notes. Awful. Carl the cat, uh, and then in all caps, jealous of a cat for f's sake. <laughs> yep. Oh, and then he gets yeah. the cat neutered, and then he, and then it's just like yeah. Then he doesn't do. It. He's not the same. It loses she all gets of its sad. lust for life, and then like yeah, exactly. It gets like it becomes that bored. Like you know, after you've neutered a cat, they like chill yeah. out completely, and then or, yeah, like especially yeah. when they're older too, they're just like yep, they just lay around, <sighs> don't do anything. Yeah. yeah, and again, it's like you see this kind of dynamic when he gave her the bird, she let it go, and yeah. then he's like, look, I found the bird, you let go. This is what happens when you we can't have nice right. things, and you know, he, like and then he does a nice uh, thing, like, and then immediately rescinds it, it. he's like yep. oh i'll get you this cat that you can play with you know what on second thought never mind uh we're gonna neuter yeah. the cat so it doesn't like have any you know it's it's like literally he's neutered her life like it's yeah it's like yeah he's taken all of any joy that she could possibly get out of it has just been sucked dry well and it's the manipulation yeah. of of he's like the only reason that you're alive and have anything is because of me and yeah. i can take it away just as easily yeah. And it's so twisted and it's like damn, damn. Like he has it's the just locks so changed. toxic. He has the locks yep. changed in his apartment to keep her yeah. in too. That's the other thing. It's yeah. just it, everything about it is the ending is just so bleak 
And yeah, do we want to go over the ending really quick? Yeah, yeah. Well, I uh, yeah. What what happens at the okay, end? Okay, so Spencer? well, okay. So I know that <laughs> Carl dies, and it's like it's this know, big sad thing. Where, well, it's also he like he sees the crowd, and he's not sure if Elsa's jumped. I was like, while I was because I was listening to like the last few chapters, and I was just like taking notes while I was listening to it. I was just like, and then there's a crowd, and I'm like, oh, and then I start typing, oh, is Elsa shit. dead? And then I was like, oh, no, it's just Carl. But so I was just like, oh, it's Carl, but it's too, oh, Carl jumps Kitty. out a window. I, um, I know. And it's just know, Elsa, like, awful. kind of just getting more depressed and more depressed. And, like, she floods the apartment at one point, And, like, yeah. everybody comes up to see what's going on. And the she's neighbors just all come. sitting there, cross-armed. In a chair. Naked, naked in a chair, dripping, just, like, staring down all the neighbors. That's the first time they see her. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's like, hi, this is my mentally unstable wife. Right. <laughs> Well, then, that like, I didn't want people to see. Yeah, and then everything, just, it just keeps ramping and ramping and ramping. And then, like, he decides God. that he's going to quit his job, sell their flat, and move to, like, an island. You know, Right, some sort of, like, sort of Caribbean thing. island right, to where, get away from it all. And he comes home, and imagine Elsa has broken out of the apartment and is gone. Like... Yeah, and that's how it ends. Yeah, that, it's her. Like, <laughs> she's like, peace yeah. out, and she, she just leaves. She never and leaves, like, oh. and he just yeah. gets sat. He has to like sell half of his apartment and like build a wall in it. So like he's caging himself in essentially. Oh, that's right. It's like he this has whole to metaphor it up to rent it out. It's all this, mm-hmm. this whole metaphor where like everything around him is like it, the world is just closing in on him, and he's being suffocated by it. And then the one of the by last himself, quotes yeah. that I have in here is, "Before I knew it, I was in Elsa's cage." Yeah. Yep. And that's like one of the last like like big thoughts like like major poignant things that he has in the book it's just like he's this realization that he is you know he's he's backed himself into a corner and he's there because he (laughs) screwed everything up (laughs) all right folks that's it we're out (gasps) (laughs) it was nice knowing you are we done done. are we done done? i'm not crying you're crying (sighs) yeah uh yeah i'm sweating at the storm just i know i know god bless i know i was reading this book and i started by listening to the audiobook and i was listening to it at night i had to stop because i was like this is literally giving me heart palpitations it's It's so stressful i hear you uh yeah it's (laughs) what a ride um sheesh again yeah, I mean, I'm actually kind of curious to read more of her books to see if all of them are like this. Yeah. Did you get? Because <laughs> yeah, damn. I know. So did we? We went over what we liked about the book. Okay, good. Just making sure. <laughs> all right, like, other thoughts and themes. Okay, in, we got it. In huge quotations. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. It's a good read. It's just a depressing read. That's all it is. I know. Like it's a it's yeah. a fine book. Like honestly, this is something that I would probably go out of my way to read at some point. But like, yeah, um, it is a powerful. It's a powerful book. book. But it, it is. I wouldn't say it it's is tough. enjoyable. But I mean, literature is there to book. challenge you sometimes. And yes, this it is definitely a piece uncomfortable. Kind of got yeah, gets under your skin a little bit, and it's like ooh. But Don't this topic should. If you're yeah. reading this and being like, oh, yeah, he's totally right. There's something wrong. You're a sociopath. I will say I am glad that I had none of those thoughts while reading this book. Thank God. So I think I passed the not a sociopath test. Or I'm just really good at lying about it, too. And maybe I'm just the best sociopath. Who knows? Or maybe you're in denial. Who knows? Uh, yeah, it's woof. I mean, and the thing is, like, you yeah. think about the time of when this story is taking place. Nothing about this should be comfortable no there was nothing about this era nothing about this this event in history that was comfortable so the fact that like 
my hands were sweaty the whole time I was reading <laughs> this book. And, yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's accurate. Because it's yeah. horrible. History is uncomfortable sometimes. Yes, Absolutely. it is really eye opening to see it in a way. Like you know, yeah. I I'm not a history buff, so I can't really say how accurate this is. Right. I think it got the feel for like the time though, like the mm-hmm. like like the setting. And the characters, I feel, all reflected pretty well on the time that they were in. And I think it was a pretty decent snapshot, from my understanding, mm-hmm. of how people were reacting and acting in those in that time. And, you know. Yeah. We do have those yeah. historical documents to relate, you know, relate it to. Absolutely. So, like, that's always a... Yeah, there's a ton of documentation on what it was like to be part of the Hitler Youth mm-hmm. and what it was like to be in different cities during the Nazi Party kind of upri- uprising. And I mean, there was oh, there's like a lot of documentation. Re- reformation afterwards and stuff like that too. Like yep. how how the German people were kind of second class citizens in their own country for yeah. years. Yeah, because like the war is over, but the war is not technically but now you're, over. But now you're you've got all that aftermath. And now you're yeah. occupied. And now now Berlin is split down the middle for you know thirty years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. God, I it's kind of left me speechless. This this book, yeah. even though we've been talking about this for forever. <laughs> I know. Hey, I but... think I think did we did we cover it? Did we do? Can we move on to the movie now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's let's make it a little bit more upbeat. <sighs> let's have a little. I know. Finally. Take a breath. Drink some nice water. little. Do some, some yoga. Yeah. yeah. Uh, soothing circles. Yeah. Soothing circles. Let's, I need a little let's... wind chime in here. <sighs> <sighs> let's transition to a better place. Listen to the sound of my voice. <laughs> We're going to transition now to something of a lighter, somewhat note. <laughs> Yeah, let's. Oh, sorry, sorry. Huh? Well, oh, okay. And too relaxed, too okay. relaxed, too relaxed. Yeah. <laughs> Take, bring it in, right, bring it right, in. Right, right, right. All right. So now let's switch gears to the flip side, which Yay. is the adaptation of Jojo Rabbit. All right. I will give a quick little synopsis here, and this is just kind of something I googled. Take it as you will. Love it. Jojo is a lonely German boy, played by Roman Griffin Davis, who discovers that his single mother, played by Scarlett Johansson, is hiding a Jewish girl in their attic named Elsa, who is played by Thomas and Mackenzie. Aided only by his imaginary friend, Adolf Hitler, played by the one and only Taika Waititi, Jojo must confront his blind nationalism as World War II continues to rage on. Yow! <laughs> All right, so, I mean, right away we're already sort of hitting the same beginning same tones. structures, you know. Yeah, the big, big difference is that he has an imaginary friend who is Hitler. And I think that, for me, is the best and worst part about the movie. You know, (laughs) honestly, I think it does a good job of like what the book was trying to do in a com- like but like in a comedy capacity in a comical way right yeah. because i mean it's all of that like inner monologue that he that johannes is already having in the book right about him like you know doing it for the party and like wanting to be yep. the perfect nazi and stuff like that yep and but it's just you know in the movie they do a great job because it's literally hitler personified you know as a by a child by a child is like yeah. an imaginary friend Played mm-hmm. wonderfully by Taika Waititi. Oh my by god! The way. Well, and Taika Waititi, I, I think it was such a genius move for him yeah. because performance-wise, he is like killer at 
just being super funny and dry or being ridiculous. And like he's a glorious actor in general. And it's all his writing. So his writing is like on point. And then also just kind of like the weirdness of Taika playing Hitler. It's like he is a Jewish Maori descent. And he's playing Hitler. <laughs> and he, had, he obviously had like a, a tone and like a very specific idea for how he wanted to play this yes. Hitler character too. Which yes. is, uh, you know, so chef weird. Kiss. It's just like knocked it out of the park. Like, yes. Yes. <laughs> and I would definitely classify this movie as a satire all the 100% way. 100% satire, yeah. kind of like, it's kind of a dark comedy, but like more on the comedy side than the dark side. There are definitely like yes. sad. There parts, are dark parts. Very dark yeah. parts. But overall, it is alleviated a bit by the amount of comedy that there is in this movie. And I think yes. I think that's it's just a great mixture of that injected comedy on top of just like heartfelt and just wholesome just like um, relationships between the characters. I love I love Scarlett Johansson in this movie. I know. Like, this is a really good role for her. Her her um, German accent. Very warm. L- eh? Eh, she sometimes eh. sounded more French. I wrote, oh, yeah, whoa. I wrote <laughs> Scarjo's German accent lol when I was taking notes. Because I mean, <laughs> it was kind of silly, but like, it's fine for what it is. Like, endearing. Whatever. We'll call it that. We know Scarlett yeah. is, I don't know, like a Midwestern kid that became an actor. Yep. Oh, so, Scarjo. You know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> not, her, not her best accent, but no. man, is that character great. But it's not really necessary because like, it's just, it's a silly goof up movie about Germany in that time so like and a lot of other characters in the movie were you know having German accents but you could tell right. they were not German like so Jojo's friend Yorkie, uh, Yorkie yeah. yeah is a British actor and he, more than half the time he's just in a British he, accent he was just yeah, in a British just accent, in his regular accent. <laughs> and the same thing with Stephen Merchant he's also British and there were po- points where he would have a German oh, yeah, accent yeah. and then wouldn't and I then Sam Rockwell I mean yeah. it was really it was all, all it was them. pretty fluid like it was it was very was, fluid was and no, I think like, that was yeah. intentional yeah for sure I think that was just part of the flavor of how ridiculous <sighs> kind of try was. again pry a way to kind of relate and alleviate some of like the pressure that yeah. is this very heavy topic that we're yeah. setting the the movie around so like yeah yeah know. and i know i you know i did some reading on just kind of inspirations that why taika did this story this way um because it's a huge huge like difference between the original obviously yeah. oh, like yeah. very very different vibe same story different vibe totally very but, um very different yeah so you know, people ask, like, how did you get here (laughs) from the source material? And a lot of what he kind of described his mindset was he wanted to show how ridiculous the Nazi party really was with their tactics, especially when looking at the the Hitler youth. The Jungfuck. The Jungfuck. And also to show how dangerous it is to try and normalize stuff like this. Right. And that... Because some people are like, oh, you're just, you know, you're you're making light of a very horrific event. But he was kind of, I mean, that's kind of the beauty of satire is you are punching normalcy in the face mm-hmm. with with dark humor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's the whole point. Complacency, and, right? It's like. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Complacency. And yeah, yeah, for sure. It's yeah. So the whole premise for him was to you know, obviously poke fun at just kind of the absurdities of what it was like to see 
the Nazi party from a child's perspective. Yeah. And also, it's from a child's perspective. So it is a lot more playful I, or yeah, a lot I'd more whimsy. So. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, especially when in the beginning, when he's like first being part of the party and... We're like two German antelopes as they're like (laughs) running through the forest. (laughs) Yeah. And so like, I think, yeah, I want to talk about Hitler, like imaginary friend Hitler with Jojo. So like in the very beginning of the movie, Jojo's like giving himself a little pep talk about joining the Hitler youth. And so he's like giving himself a pep talk. And then you start seeing somebody walking in front behind. Well, yeah, he's doing like he's like doing like the the pacing, like kind of marching back and forth. Right. And they're both in uniform. And then he's like, what is your, you know, what is your brain? What is your mind? Like, or what? I can't remember. I should have written this down. Like, he's like, I'm a panther courage and I'm a snake, oh, it's, it's, a snake reflexes. It's, uh, and- yeah, it's, it's, it's like lion reflexes, panther courage, and like hawk-like mind or something like that like yeah, yeah. and like and german and, heart yeah. or something like nazi that. brain or something like that yeah yeah, yeah. Like... so he's like going through the like what is your heart what is your brain oh, yeah what german is heart and... or something like yeah. german heart yeah. yeah and so then he pops down into the view of the camera and it's it's taika as hitler he's like oh you're so ready for this man and he's like pumping him up and he's like hire me hire me that's not how you just just say it don't don't worry about it just it yeah. rolls off you don't even think about Heil it Heil 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 yeah and then, i mean it's like that's how the movie starts yeah him running, and it's just him running out nuts and then and then they juxtapose it with uh the beatles playing yeah in german well i want to hold your hand it's amazing that the soundtrack in this movie is amazing, by the way. Wonderful. <laughs> I just <wanna> say. <laughs> Wonderfully put together. And th- it, looking again at that, when the Beatles are playing in the very beginning, mm-hmm. they're doing the opening credits. They're showing actual footage of Hitler Youth yeah. and other, you know, Hitler supporters at the rallies and showing fans are screaming, Hitler's right. on the podium, but they're playing it with a Beatles song. So it's almost like you're at like a rock yeah, concert. Yeah, it, well, it's, it's like um, old footage from Beatles concerts. That's what yeah, it reminded exactly. me of, right? Like all the girls screaming and like being like trying, trying to like yep. touch like the touch them while they're on stage and stuff. But yeah. it's like like it's all it's marching <laughs> formations and like and like Hitler like hiling like crowds everywhere. and stuff. And... Yeah, it is such a wild imagery to start Great. the movie that way. Good and again, it's like Taika. <laughs> Taika. Ooh, that man can do so no good. wrong. So good. So good. It's so good. But yeah, Hitler's character is something that I loved about it was it brought a lot of levity in certain points yeah. because it was so ridiculous where, you know, he's playing a game with Jojo and Hitler is wearing like a really big native headdress. Right. And then he they, they see Scarlett Johansson burning. is burning something in the fireplace. He's like, What what's she doing? What is she doing? Oh, she's What she's is she doing? Something. What 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 are you burning? She's like, can't she hear can't you. hear you. He's like, What are you burning? And it's it's so good. Like the comedy of the, his writing is so good. The one thing that I love that he does, like, with almost every like appearance of Hitler in it is he keeps offering JoJo cigarettes. Yeah, He's like, like no, stop I don't offering smoke. me cigarettes. I'm ten years old. Yeah, I'm no. sorry, I'm just so stressed. Yeah. Yeah. Stop <laughs> offering the damn cigarettes. I'm ten years old. I'm sorry, I'm stressed out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's great. And I think the the progression of Hitler in the movie, I think he again nailed it. Mm-hmm. Where in the beginning it's like really ridiculous and whimsy and it's like a childlike relationship. But then as you get further into the movie, 
it gets more serious and Jojo starts to actually question if he wants to be part of Hitler's youth yeah. and Hitler starts to actually get more serious and there is an amazingly creepy scene towards like kind of the middle end that is a very big turning point for the film I think where he actually quotes a Hitler speech right. yeah and it is so intense because you know that light funny quirky friend now yeah. has turned into the scary it's ass dictator. Serious all of a sudden. Yeah, um, and he and and the the music changes and it zones in and he actually like starts doing like the gesticulating and like everything right. about it. Like he starts to really be Hitler. Yeah, and that progression throughout the film, you see, it gets darker and more serious until the very end, where you know they hear that Hitler has killed himself. Hitler comes in at the very tail right. end. The, la- the last time that he shows himself is like that this, he sees yeah. himself. And he's got, I didn't notice this the first couple times I watched it. He has a bullet yeah, hole like on the in side his of head his temple, and yeah. then a splatter on the other side yeah. of his temple, which I I don't know how I missed that before. I was like, oh, damn, yeah, that's intense. JoJo's filling in the gaps is like. Yeah, because he going. hears he yeah. shot himself in the head and then he shows up and his like jacket's all torn. He's disheveled. Yep. He's got a hole in his head. And he's like very aggressive. And he's like on it. He's like almost bargaining with Jojo in a way too. Yeah. He's just like, this is it. This is like you. This is your last chance to kind of get on board with everything before you know yep. everything kind of goes kaput. It's like yeah. you are a Nazi, and then Jojo has this he's firm, this amazing kicks him yeah, out the like, window. Fuck you, Hitler. <laughs> 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 Fuck off, Hitler. <laughs> yeah, it's so good it's so good but that again that writing yeah it's amazing it's so good i'm like just fangirling over here it's so so good i love everything about it like it's a beautiful story and i i think you're right you had mentioned earlier that the relationship building in this film is beautifully done. so much different it's so so different well yeah like it's a movie that you have it it knows that it has to end like with a light note right so it's not Mm -hmm. gonna leave us in the same way that the book does with um johannes like (laughs) finally coming to terms with that he's a terrible person right but in this in this the movie only takes place for six months so we only see like a snapshot into jojo's life but it also does such a better job of defining his and elsa's relationship a lot better yes it's not as creepy, obviously. No, um, not nearly as creepy. It's much more on the same playing field yeah. where she's obviously smarter than him. Right. And obviously much more compassionate. And then he kind of works it out and starts to understand that what he was told was not accurate. Yeah. And that he he even comments to Hitler towards the, the – I think that's like right before that crazy speech that he does – that he's like, I don't think she doesn't seem like a bad yeah, person. Right. He's having that like coming to terms with everything. He's like, you know, maybe my ideals maybe were misplaced. <laughs> yeah. And Hitler's like, no. Because he actually, <laughs> yeah. And then he like buckles yeah. down and does his crazy Hitler exactly. speech. And that's leans into it. And that's kind of where you see like that, that he really starts to question the differentiation between like what he's been taught versus like what reality is. Right. Yeah. And it's, you know, you see. Scarlett Johansson's character in relations to Roman Griffin Davies, mm-hmm. they're so sweet together. Yeah, she they're she so does cute. she does make it clear in several instances that like she wants to protect Elsa, but only if it doesn't mean that 
her family gets taken in the process too like there's a very clear line that scarjo has drawn in this Mm -hmm. but you can see her like fighting that at the same time in certain scenes where like she's obviously like she's hanging out with elsa and she's drinking and she's just like having like this intense conversation with her about like how 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 much this is like weighing on her that she's you know she has to lead lead this double life and like yeah still care for like her family on top of that too and like how much stress it's putting her under and everything but well and also with the the movie you know i'm gonna compare a little bit but it's literally just her and jojo right so there's no husband in the picture there's no grandparents in the picture the sister has died the dad and the grandma are like a pretty big part of the book for a good like yeah and they're barely anywhere two-thirds of it Uh, there's no grandma in the movie at, at all it's just it's just scarlett johansson Sorry, not uh, Frau Betzler and Jojo yeah. the entire time, and their relationship yeah. is, oh, it's so it's so so great. It's like the I it's know. like the ideal like ideal like mother son relationship. Honestly, in my opinion, yeah, it's just yeah. Like so one sweet. of my favorite scenes is when they're on the riverbank and then they're getting ready to go and she's he didn't notice but she's tied his <laughs> shoelaces together. together so he falls over and then she's like what are you drunk again <laughs> like you know and he's 10 and it's, like it's she, such a funny and then she calls dynamic. him shitler and then pushes him over <laughs> <laughs> It's so, so cute. cute. And she calls him her little cub. And yeah. it's like, it's really, really cute. It's, it's a really nice dynamic. And again, big pivotal turning point of the movie. Spoiler alert. Oh, can we? Yeah. She, yeah. That's, yeah. She dies. Yeah. Um, and which is accurate to the book as well. She she is hung yeah. for being a traitor. Yeah. It happens about like halfway through the book, I want to say. Roughly halfway. Mm-hmm. Um, like chapters. Oh, man. Actually, maybe not halfway. Maybe I it happens relatively early in the book because the book goes for so much longer. Um, yeah, it's in cha- in it's movie, actually like only a third of the way through the book, it looks yeah. like. Yeah, because it's like chapter yeah. nine, it looks like he finds them. And this happens about halfway through, like three quarters of the way through the movie. Two thirds of the way? I'd say two thirds of the way through the movie. Yeah, roughly. It's that. sort of like that, that inciting incident that kind of leads into that third act of the... Yep, it gets kind of dark <clears throat> towards the tail end yeah. of that because the war is coming to an end. They're losing. American soldiers start to occupy. His mother has passed away. Everything's getting bombed. I mean, it gets dark yeah. really fast I, after that. Can I just say that, like, the imagery that, like, they have in this movie is just so, like, on point, Stunning. too. Like, the whole... The lead up to his mother's death. Mm-hmm. They have, the they have, yeah, exactly. And they have a few moments yep. throughout the the movie where it's like <clears throat> this whole idea of her kind of coming into like the background or just like kind of next to JoJo, and you just see her feet at his eyeline. Mm-hmm. It sets up this whole like reveal at the uh, where he finds her hanging because it like this imagery that keeps popping up is like her shoes and like when they're walking on the riverside yep she's like walking on she's walking on an embankment like at eye level to jojo while he's walking on the road next to her and it's just her it's there's a long shot of them talking and it's just like his face with her feet like kind of in the and she starts to do the dance the dancing yeah same thing at the pool (sighs) yep where he's doing Physical, physical therapy, therapy at the right. pool and then she's kind of she's on the risers the i, I have... think behind or something like mm-hmm. that yeah yep same thing so the focal point is just her shoes and it's the same shoes and then you know you see him out doing i think chores or think something, or something like, for do, his, his job he's picking up like he's running errands or something like that and then yeah and then he sees a butterfly follows it like and then looking down looks the entire up. time yeah and then he looks stands up. up looks to his left 
and her shoes are hanging there, which that, is where that I know just it's destroys a me. horrible gut wrenching. And scene. then he ties her shoes for her, and that is like I'm gonna I'm choking up right now because I'm thinking about I know, it. But like it's I know. this whole this theme of her like always before they leave the house, she's always like tying his shoes tight to make sure that like. You know, he's. It's what a mom does, right? It's the thing. Right. It's the well, thing and also that he doesn't does. know how. That's the like, other. He that's right. Doesn't know how to tie his that's shoe right. yet. And I think in that scene, though, I don't think he actually ties no. her shoe. He tries, he tries to tie and doesn't do it, do it, and then just hugs her her legs. And it's it's a tragic scene. I know, I, I know, I know. Vapors. I got Sorry, the vapors. This is a tough one, man. It's it's. A, I know. It was a rough it, scene to. Oh. It's a beautifully put together scene, it and it is gut-wrenching i mean and the thing is there's no music no there's nobody else in the shot it's just him hugging her legs and it's like jesus like it is gut-wrenching and that is the turning point of the film it's when he's he's alone now that's the thing it's yeah there's nobody else him and elsa and he has to he's hanging on for her and she's hanging on for him and yeah that's what makes their relationship so beautiful honestly is that like it's much more of like at that at that point at the very least it's more of an even playing ground for both of them even playing field i feel like yeah. he and elsa are on sort of the same terms and they're on definitely like they're in it for each other at this point because they have no one else and then yep isn't i think it's around the same time where she admits to him that nathan has died died yeah her her fiance died of tuberculosis and she was and, kind of yeah. insinuating that he was still alive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because it's like if you don't hold on to something, what else is there? Right? right? I mean, she knows – she she talks about her family was put on a train and you go to a place you don't come back right. from. So she knows her parents are dead. She knows her fiancé is dead. She has nothing. Like if she could just so, hold on to one thing to like kind of that yeah, spark something that alive. would like keep her motivated to like keep pushing forward. And yeah. Yeah. It's – I mean – when you kind of strip all the comedy away, it is also a very depressing story. Oh, yeah. It does end on a lighter note, but man, there are some crazy scenes that are like, because of the kind of levity that Taika has brought into some of the writing, if that wasn't there, it would have felt just as soul-crushing as the book. Captain K. Captain K. Let's about talk Sam about Captain Yes, uh, Sam Rockwell. And, what a- oh, my God. <laughs> And oh Alfie God. Allen. Alfie Allen and Sam <laughs> yeah. Rockwell together. Uh, yeah, for those who have not seen the movie, uh, they're gay for each yeah. other. Gay Nazis. Ooh, and it is yes. it's steamy. It is so cute. I even wrote weird. down Captain K coming out party. <laughs> that that, that um, feather that he God. has, like, and his cape at the end where he... <laughs> He he sassifies the, his cost his, uh, his he's uniform. Got going on, you know? <laughs> yeah, he gives himself a smoke Snoky eye. He eye, adds yeah. some flair yeah. to his costume or costume. His uh, it's a his costume. Uniform we'll say it right now. At the end. It's a Nazi costume. <laughs> so Sam Rockwell, God bless that guy. He did such a good job with that character because it is a serious character. He's a general who has lost an eye from a previous battle of which he says a completely what what did he say like oh, i can't remember oh, a completely avoidable like loss right. or something and he's very he's like very passive aggressive bitter about it and has because to teach you can, the Hitler and you can youth. tell that it was probably like uh he was probably told that it was a completely avoidable loss like yeah. hundreds of yeah. times too it's yeah. just like yeah. it was a completely avoidable loss. like how he just kind of glosses yeah. over it really quickly yeah very snarky yeah. and says so he's been basically demoted and has to teach the hitler youth but could a man with one eye it. do this yeah. 
they're just shooting all these targets and all the it's... kids are like clapping. I mean, this all goes back to like the genius casting. So between Sam Rockwell and then Alfie Allen as his kind of counterpart who barely says anything no. but is He repeats a lot put. of he repeats a lot of what Sam Rockwell says. Captain K, woo! <laughs> like it's just like <laughs> he's like the fangirl for right. captain k and then also like rebel wilson is also like part of their group and the oh three God. of them are so ridiculous <laughs> when she tucks the grenade into the kid's pants is like okay yeah, there's an american like, over yeah, there go, go give him go, a hug go, go hug give him, him a hug <laughs> Take this She's gun like, and shoot anyone who doesn't look like us, okay? Okay. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's like, my friend knew a Russian once, and he ate it. Yeah. <laughs> and she just walks Watch away. <laughs> so silly. Just the one-liners that she has just in yeah, and out. Sort it's, of stuff. Again, it's like, Taika. How about Jews News? Killing it. <laughs> Jews News. You who Jews. Yeah, so, yeah, that... <laughs> you now we're just the, quoting uh, the movie like that's i know <laughs> we've yeah, gotten to that part we've, we've spiraled <laughs> yeah you who jews is the book that jojo is writing as an expose yep. on the jewish people yes. to give to the, the to hitler as a gift so like yeah there's like these little uh moments where it's just uh him and elsa hanging out and like he's kind of just picking her brain and it's just the two of them kind of you know uh bonding with each other really if anything yeah um, because yeah, she has like nothing they start else to, to do. understand each other yeah yeah she's nothing going on they, I think they understand each other more. And he starts to really understand, like, her talking with him and interacting with him and having real conversations yeah. once they get past the whole you who thing. He starts to really understand that maybe they aren't as bad as he was told. Right. And that really does bring the humanity back to him. And she even says at one point, you know, like, you are a little boy who likes swastikas and wants to be a Nazi, but you are not a Nazi. Yeah. And so she she's trying to bring him back. And then she also specifically says that Nazi and Jew cannot be friends. That's the other yeah. thing. Like they have like that whole um, after the Gestapo come by and she has to like pretend to be God uh, that scene the yeah, sister her s- sister and like they go they're going through the book and they're like oh this is great this is great and then they get to the part with about Nathan where he has like an entire mm-hmm. chapter about how to kill Nathan Just killing Nathan. <laughs> which yeah, pretty pretty funny in the moment but then it like turns as you know she's taken it very seriously and like and yeah. now she's like listen if you're gonna still like support this we can't be friends that's it's she's laying down the law yeah. it's like as long as you're a nazi i'm still i mean i'm not gonna not be a jew so yeah i think that was a crazy scene too because again it had almost like a monty python feel when yeah. it's Stephen merchant and like four of his kind of you know it's the other gestapo they're members all, yeah yeah they're all part of the gestapo and they come in and they do a you know a, a routine inspection of the house and it's just jojo and and elsa there and you know the the whole beginning sequence is they say can we come in and then you know Stephen Merchant oh, yeah. says Heil Hitler and, and then the next everybody. guy says Heil Hitler and then it's like and it's eight every single coming person. through and he has to say Heil Hitler to everybody coming through <laughs> yeah and then Sam Rockwell <laughs> and Alfie Allen come in and they have to do all the again. Heil Hitlers all over again and it's and then it's really and then funny. Elsa shows up and then they have and to do Elsa it all sh- over again too. and I feel like yeah that the first two rounds were just yeah. stupid and funny right. because you're like this is so ridiculous then, I'm gonna poke fun at how ridiculous but then when Elsa has to do she it, has to, yeah, she has has to actually say Heil Hitler, Heil Hitler, yeah, to to pass as the sister, and that you can see the pain. She doesn't want to like in her face, she's, like scared it's to do it almost, like 
Yeah, she's and she's timid. like barely raising her hand to do the Heil. So, like it, it, it does shift drastically halfway through that sure. scene. But the beginning is so ridiculous because you just, you know, again, it's Taika poking fun at how ridiculous all of the kind of pomp and circumstance around the Nazi party was at this time. Yeah. And it was like a very Monty Python feel. I, I, it was just so bizarre. <laughs> you definitely I, have that like kind of. And Stephen Merchant is like. <laughs> so, <laughs> he's such a wacky he's looking hilarious. dude too. He's just like, a weird guy. Like and his, I love his everything. proportions <laughs> to everyone that he's in the scene with too. He's, he's like absurd. a Taller tall. than everyone else. It's kind of well, crazy. and then the scene—the scene where he and where Stephen Merchant and Sam Rockwell are standing face to face and talking—they mm-hmm. actually put him, they put Stephen Merchant on a box right. to make him even taller is, than Sam yeah, than Sam Rockwell. So yeah, so I mean, it looks like it's almost like a two foot difference, not real, but the the dynamic is there. Yeah. But it it's genius. I was kind of looking over that scene too uh, again yesterday and it looked like they had like some cool perspective things going on too where I think the camera yeah. was lower and like panned up a bit more towards like Steven especially in like the lo- like the wider shots. So like yeah. you see Sam Rockwell in the background and he's like kind of in the door frame and he's like so much smaller in perspective than Steven Merchant mm-hmm. is too who who's just supposed to be like a couple feet ahead of him sort of in the perspective right. of the shot. So right. Um, it is yeah. really just really, really good well editing, really good blocking. Just the cinematography is stunning. You can tell how much thought he puts into like every scene of his movie. Like Taika is just like you yeah. can you can see just the expert like craftsmanship in that. Yeah, totally. I mean, <laughs> I could gush over this Same. forever, but I feel like uh, our listeners are probably like, get going with it. So let's fair. let's yeah. uh let's move a little bit. Okay. Let's transition into the comparison cuz there is quite a bit to compare. Yeah. You know, we already kind of touched on the a big difference is the timeline. The book goes over a span of years whereas the movie is months. I feel like the movie really just covered maybe like the first third of the book. Yeah. Do you feel the thing that sounds Yeah. Right? Um I'm trying to I'd say yeah about like maybe Maybe close to like halfway. I kind of have like yeah, a little chapter that. layout here that I made up, and it's like about nice. thir- chapter thirteen. He starts going to school, and so that's about oh, like okay. I think roughly that where it's just him and his grandmother and Elsa all at home. Yeah, so huge, huge difference in time yeah. frame of what gets covered, and also again, you know, there was really no funny parts in the book at all. It was very, very heavy. It's pretty dry. It was- very dry <laughs> um the movie obviously a lot more levity um again no imaginary friend of hitler which i think could have really lightened the mood at that book <laughs> i mean oh listen we'll, we'll never know we'll never know no you know what you have to do is you have to read the novelization of the movie jojo rabbit now to get that yes that's... that's what you would need yeah <laughs> and then you know, I just realized we never really talked about why the title of the movie is called oh, Jojo yeah. Rabbit. Because, like, Jojo is, you know, obviously, it's Johannes, mm-hmm. and that's his nickname. But there is a scene where, you know, the Hitler, he's with the Hitler youth. The very beginning, and, actually. Yeah. Right in the very beginning, yeah. And they say, you know, if you have to go and kill another soldier, could you do it? And then they pick on Jojo, and they say, kill this rabbit. Yeah. They just have a rabbit? Yeah, they just had one in a cage. <laughs> and they're just like, hey, And then they say, kill this rabbit. He couldn't do yeah, he couldn't do it. They kill the rabbit for him. And then they say, you're as scared as a little rabbit. It's Jojo Rabbit. Mm. And that's, you know, that's the title. Whereas, you know, Caging Skies, 
I mean, is about everybody lives in a cage and you want to be, I mean, yeah. <laughs> take it as you like, but there's, there's the, the, the bird allegory and like the, yep. Uh, I think they talk about like how she, she has like Elsa has like some remarks about how like large the sky is and how like you could just escape yeah. and be free and get the sky lost and stuff in it. Like that. So like mm-hmm. there's, I mean, the obvious metaphor there is that like, she's a bird. She's a cage. She's like, it's, it's literally you have an animal in a cage and it's, it can see the world around it, but it can't interact with the world and it has to mm-hmm. just live with the fact that it's stuck where it is sort of thing until right. you let it out. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously like the names are different. Obviously the tone is completely different. Same kind of storyline. Family dynamic is a little bit different, but roughly the same, but there's a lot of characters who have not really been introduced, like no grandma, right. Um, really no father at all in in the movie um he's mentioned but never yeah. really you never see him yeah. we're in the book you do for a little while and then he disappears and then ends up dying off screen or you know yeah yeah they they say that he page. was caught and tried as a traitor and yeah i think it, he was like he escaped from a work camp or like tried to uh, elicit like an that. escape yeah. yeah and again you know that toxic dynamic between uh, Johannes and Elsa, it's nowhere near that toxic I mean, in the film. It's... it's like there is a. They do have like a point where he does lie to her, like at the end of it. He yeah, lies at to the her, very end when the war ends. Yeah, he lies yeah. to her, says that it's not safe to come out, and then immediately feels bad about it, and then writes a letter from Nathan to Elsa. That will figure something out and yeah. get you safe. Yeah. yeah. And I think this is like right after she tells him that Nathan is dead too. So like, he's like, well, I don't know where these letters are coming from then. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure yeah. it's still Nathan, yeah. but he says that we yeah. can escape. <laughs> so like, it's, it's yeah. cuter. Like they do. I mean, obviously they, they both get out and like, she gets out and she slaps him. Yeah. Cause she realizes, her. cause there's like trucks yeah. going by with American flags waving, flying. Yeah. And so he, they, they realize, she realizes, oh yeah, the war is over and Germany didn't win. So she does have a moment of like, you deserve that. And he even says like, I, I deserve, deserve that. that. Yeah. 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 He, like, he totally it. takes full yeah. responsibility for it. And I think the the way they end the film, I absolutely loved it because it tied in with the scene where Jojo and his mother are on the riverbank and she says, oh, we should just be dancing. Mm-hmm. Like you shouldn't be worrying about being like for a war and learning how to kill people. You should be just climbing trees falling out of trees and dancing and he said dancing is for people who don't have a job right. and she's like dancing is for people who are free. there's also a scene w- that he and elsa have together while they're watching the bombs being dropped on the city from like the the window mm-hmm. and he asks yeah. her what is the first thing you're going to do when you're free and she says I'll, i'm gonna dance dance exactly so then at the very end like, of the movie what do we do now? <laughs> he says what do we do now and they both just slowly start to yeah. dance together so and it's such a beautiful moment because it's like his mom mm-hmm. said it way back in the middle of the film of like f- dancing is for people who are free yeah. and it's oh it's so good and it's so dynamically different yeah just to- than, tonally than and just like pacing yeah. wise the book kind of drags a bit dragged a bit for me in some spots in spots yeah it's just something about a person tormenting another person for chapters on end that just kind of doesn't sit right with you when you're reading it and you're just kind of like okay it's just one thing after another after another and you're like dude the jojo and aren't you tired the jojo and johannes (laughs) characters are like so like diametrically different from each other there's like oh yeah there's all they're almost not even the same character sometimes 
honestly, had I read the book first and seen the film, I don't know how I would have felt. I think I still would have enjoyed the film, but I'll never know now. But I'm just (laughs) I'm curious of people who are like really gung ho about the book who then went and saw the film and like this is nothing like it. I mean, honestly, yeah, you know, some of the characters are the same and some of the storyline holds true. But other than that, it's like they're completely different stories. Like I, I, I kind of am astounded of how, you know, Taika got from A to B, you know, like. <laughs> but so successfully, too, because he 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 tells the story and like he tells it in a very successful way where like you you feel for each of the characters. You can relate to them. Mm-hmm. You don't hate the character like any of the characters really like each one has a bit of a redeeming quality. And like if right. not, like they're already just a good character in general. Right. And then like the obviously the comedy's there to kind of alleviate like just the the tone of like the, the, the setting and everything itself. <laughs> yeah. Which is I mean, I think that is definitely what this book probably needed if anything was to be a little bit funnier, but like a little more But at the same time it's some sort of historical fiction though. So like you can't really ask that of a book like this. But I'm just it's interesting yeah. to see how Taika was able to take this material and turn it into Jojo Rabbit. It's really impressive ingenious yeah. uh and again you know taika y- you look at a lot of his work a lot of what he does is from the perspective of a child because you look like hunt for the wilder mm-hmm. people and then you look at this one and then you also i mean there's Even, a lot of his films... i'd argue like thor ragnarok because like thor is still this guy who's like trying to figure out who he is as a you know as a person very kind child like big very kid. childlike in a lot of ways <laughs> honestly and it's yeah. like him trying to like yeah. deal with like issues of his own you know like bigger issues than him and you know it's very personal journeys that like Taika can like depict really well, I think. Yeah, and like serious topics, but in a scope that makes it, I guess, palpable. Yeah. Or not palpable. Um, I don't know what word I'm it's trying okay. to think of. Um, like just it helps you kind of consume it a little bit easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. It's, I, it's I know what you mean. Yeah, you're you're able palatable. 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 I was like, not palpable. Palatable. That's what I was like. Well, yeah. that's not the right no, word at all. That's, absolutely true though like it's it's a it's a lot easier to swallow when you have that like candy coating of comedy to like help yeah again back to the beauty of satire yeah exactly it's i i love satirical stuff because it does show you the dirty underbelly of certain topics Uh but then it can you know speckle in the comedic side of it because there is you know everything that is quote-unquote serious is kind of ridiculous if you look oh, at it closely enough. <laughs> absolutely. Some of the worst things that have happened in history have been weird mistakes. Weird and funny just, and bizarre and just it needs to be looked at with a a, a like looking glass and just like yeah. see how ridiculous it is. <laughs> yeah. Like you got to laugh, right? And if you don't, yeah. well, I mean maybe in war it's a little bit harder, but whatever. <laughs> well, and again, it's kind of this is like a complete weird tangent that just made me think of it, but it's like the show or movie of MASH. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's go. It's going on during the Vietnam War, and you've got these these doctors or who Korea, are Korean having War. to. Sorry. No, it's in Vietnam. I thought Korea. Korean War. I think so. Oh. Pretty sure. Really? Oh, I just made that up. Okay, but anyway, I could be war, wrong too. I thought to... it was Korea for the longest time. I, I assume that it, maybe it's not. Maybe it is Vietnam. I don't know. We'll have to look it up now. I was like, I thought it was a Vietnam. <laughs> well, but, we're not um, doing. Anyway. We're not doing a mash podcast right now. Yeah, that's not what this is about. But yeah, it's the same kind of thing from, where yeah. it's a really dark topic, yeah. 
And and the only way for them to really be able to move through the work that they're doing every day, which is horrific, mm-hmm. is to have levity and have kind of weird shenanigan pranks. Sure. And honestly, that's true for a lot of people in the medical profession. Like you have to kind of bring levity. Otherwise, you're going oh, to go nuts. You're yeah. going to go nuts because it is not a funny thing at the end of the day. But you have to you have to cope. Mm hmm. In some some you have form. to be able to so. have like a release valve of your own to like you know yeah yeah totally you. oh my gosh oh my gosh oh well is there anything <laughs> yeah like is there, are we there did we do it? yeah did did is there anything else that you wanted to kind of touch on before we kind of come to a close um any big things that we kind of we glossed anything? over I don't think we missed much if anything I thought we did a pretty good job. Yeah, moral of the story, uh, Taika is a god. Taika, if you're listening, I love yeah. you and I want to be your friend. Be on Aaron's podcast. Uh, be on my podcast. That'd oh be amazing. my god, I would lose my mind. <laughs> Taika, if there's any way you're it. listening, this would be Taika. Aaron's birthday is in May. Uh, we could we'll get my this, we'll get in this May. together. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, Taika, hit me up. It, I love you. Bring your friends, I appreciate Brett and Jermaine. Your work. Why not? <laughs> oh my god, I would just break. I, I think. Me too. I don't think that my brain would survive all I can't. the fangirl I can't. nonsense. I know. It just they, can't. I. There's no way. I'm like. I'm, I'm actually hyperventilating. Just a little thinking, bit, just thinking about <laughs> if that ever happened. <laughs> just. Just the hypothetical of it out there is just making you nervous right now. Is it hot in here? It's hot in here. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it. I. You know, I can't I can't stress this enough that everything that Taika does is beautiful mm. and he is such a good storyteller and and like, I, I just love yeah, everything. Visual he does. storytelling, just like dialogue, everything else. Like, it's just mm-hmm. it's a master class on how to make a satire. Yeah, and he has a very specific style. So if you don't like that kind of humor, Probably not your cup of tea, but man, it's like, you know, Flight of the Concords and What We Do in the Shadows and Thor Ragnarok and Hunt for the Wilder Hunt for People. The Wilder People. I mean, all of these films that he's done all have the very similar tone because it's him. Yeah. He it's is voice. just saturated yeah. in everything he does. And he does do a lot of appearances or in like right. What We Do in the Shadows. He's one of the main characters. I was characters. just going to say, like, he has like this great, just like, um, just writing voice. Like, you can tell that it's yes. like a piece of work done by him yes. just by looking at it. It's Yeah, and he does a lot of cameos in his own movies slash, you know, he is main characters in his own movies. And I, God, I just, <laughs> chef's kiss. Chef's Agreed. kiss, Taika. Agreed. I love you. I appreciate you. You are a precious human being and you are a national Keep treasure. Doing Keep doing what you're yeah, doing, baby. Keep doing you, boo. <laughs> Reach for the stars. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> All right. Well, good, sir. I think we've now, you know, fangirled enough over Taika. I think we, we did our job. Come. Yes, we did. We did what we came here to do. I'd call that a good. Yeah, we were just supposed good, to talk uh, about Taika Waititi for the last hour and a half. Right? I, I mean, I would we, not. We said it at the beginning that. that that's what we were going to do. And we came through and we did. <laughs> No, oh my god job. yes I think we did mission accomplished <laughs> yeah well before we sign off is there anything that you are doing reading what would you like to highlight for yeah today? um i'm reading a couple of comics i got for christmas a one is by andrew mclean um who did Ooh. a series called headlopper which is also a magnificent like fantasy comedy series um but Ooh. this one is called apocalypse girl 
and oh, Aria I've for heard the of end this. of time. Never read it. Um, Ooh, it's very cool. It's great <gasps> art. Very. Um, I love Andrew McLean's style. He has a very like simple but pronounced like art style, and his um, his writing's really good too. So I'd say give that a check if you get a chance. Hey. I'm also reading a book called Sparks S P four R X. And it is another Ooh. kind of graphic novel um, by Ren McDonald, and it's uh, it's art style. It's it's like a kind of cyberpunky, like uh, nice. Art, and it's uh, I'd say like cyberpunk mixed with kind of Adventure Time art style. So it's kind of fun. Ooh, yeah. Ooh um, that's a fun combo. Yeah, both are great. Cool. Um, that's I'm not really reading anything other than that right now. But uh, are they series or are they just one one offs? I think I think I think they're just one offs, but I could be wrong. Okay. Um, my brother would know better because he's the one who gave them to me. But <laughs> nice. Yeah. Ooh, those sound awesome. I have to check those out. All right. Well, thank you so much, Spencer, oh for being God. here. This was so. Thank lovely. you for having me. I had a blast. Are you kidding me? This was so oh much my fun. Gosh. Yes. Uh, any excuse to talk about literally anything Taika has done, I yeah. whoever's listening, if you like Taika, fangirl with me. Also, I will hey, always I'm, do I'm it. I'm right there with you. Fangirl <laughs> number two right here. <laughs> yes. Fangirl it up. I know. Yeah. I, I feel like every time this comes up, both of you and I are like, oh, my God. Yes, I mean, Taika. Let's talk all not. about it. <laughs> oh my gosh well thank you again oh, spencer so it has been a treat to chat and thank you to all of our listeners and we will see you next time thanks guys taika if you're listening please come and find me <laughs> 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 <laughs>